Make Soil is a global movement asking people to come together in their communities, in their neighborhoods, around the simple and universal act of making soil. The world is facing so many challenges today, from the environment, to social unrest, to mental health, to public health, nutrition. And it turns out that making soil together, all of us in our neighborhoods, in our backyards, in our front yards, is actually one of the most impactful and immediately available things that we can do to make a difference. Boom, what's up everyone? Welcome to Simulation. I'm your host, Alan Sakian. Super pumped to be talking about planetary interventions. We have Josh Witten joining us on the show. Hello. Hi. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. So excited for the episode. For those that don't know Josh's background, he's an impact entrepreneur blending technology and business with active care for the planet. The company's projects and planetary interventions he serves aim to harmonize society with nature, catalyze a regenerative economy, and elevate human consciousness. Projects include the transit tech company Transloc, for which he was named a champion of change by the White House. Transloc was number five on Fast Company's list of the most innovative companies in transportation and was recently acquired by the Ford Motor Company. Josh also co-founded one of the first urban farms in the southeastern United States, helping thousands of people each year to participate in a more beautiful food system. His latest intervention is Make Soil, which is upgrading the global food system by mobilizing humanity to convert food waste into soil on a planet-saving scale. And you can find the links in the bio below to makesoil.org, as well as Josh Winton's website and all of the other social media links for both of them. All right, let's start things off with one of our favorite questions to ask our guests. What are your thoughts on the direction of our world? Mm. Well, I would say that if, if you're watching this and you're looking for something to do, uh, it's a great time to help stabilize the biosphere um, and to help expand human consciousness because there's a lot of great things we could get into but more and more of humanity are waking up to the fact that we're sort of floating in this fish tank and it's us in the vacuum of space and things aren't going so well in that biosphere so it's time to get on board with realizing the existential threats that face us that's my take on it. So everything I do, stabilize the biosphere, expand human consciousness, I find that just about all of my life fits into those two categories now. It's so beautiful. We love hearing from our guests, the focus on, on raising that level of consciousness around the planet, being really good stewards of Earth. Then what are then some of these most key practices that we can do in order to achieve that? Mm. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows that people are out of touch with nature, right? Society, like most of society, our jobs, our companies, the end of the economy kind of gobbles up the biosphere, right? Gobbles up ecosystems, turns them, turns them into products and services, right? So how do you start to shift that? How do you, and maybe there was a time where it didn't matter that people were disconnected from nature because there were like seven billion less of us or something, but now it matters. And so that's the question, how do you, reintegrate people with nature and the most practical way that I've found is to actually get people to make soil together because if you think about it what are we going to do are we all going to go camping like and look at the stars and like hope that we have a some kind of connection with nature but people do that already they go camping they leave the park they go back home nothing really changes right so I'm, I'm more optimistic now about practices that individuals actually take in their own lives on a routine basis yeah. that start to harmonize their human life with nature and it turns out there's no more ready opportunity to do that than to 
shepherd the bits of food and nature left over on our plates every day back into living soil. So, so one, of the, one of the planetary interventions um, that I'm backing is this project called Make Soil, because that's the one opportunity that all humans today have an opportunity to get in on, to shepherd those food scraps and bits of nature and even leaves in your backyard, turn it into living soil. And that process reintegrates us with nature. Yeah. Wow. The amount of indigenous wisdom that we've been hearing about this idea of our disconnection from source or from, um, from all that is, that, that being nature, that being the reason why we have all these malevolences and issues with our civilization, that one of the most active ways to participate in reconnecting is to take these, these it's shepherding the little food scraps left over um, and going out ourselves maybe once a week into these communities and we'll we'll go over this these different soil making sites around the world now there's over 300 of these and anywhere from one to two to ten people are participating on these sites and so the idea is that you can then get a deeper like when you actually put your hands in, in soil you feel the microbes mm -hmm. you feel the connection to the food you get excited about wanting to grow your own food uh, a, a big part of this is just children being raised in metropolises away from starlight away from farms uh, things growing things yeah. growing yeah yeah yeah, learning is in many ways a matter of feedback loops, completing feedback loops, right? So the, the longer the feedback loop, the harder it is to update your mind and your brain. The shorter the feedback loop, the easier it is. So you know, nobody needs to read a dissertation about not touching hot stoves, right? We all did it at some point <laughs> in, our, in our childhood, and that was all we needed to never want to do that again, right? And then we have these really more drawn out feedback loops, like the things we eat, and maybe we, we eat poorly, and after a few months we feel crappy, and, we want, you know, but that, and that's why that's hard, because the feedback loop was longer, right? And when it comes to reintegrating with nature, there's a lot of you know, documentaries and initiatives online, and people are clicking like, and, but that's not really connecting the feedback loop with nature in a visceral, direct way. Yeah. So watching watching these bits of nature, watching the banana peel and the tea bags and the coffee grounds and the leaves in your yard undergo this microbial process where they turn back into this jet black dark living soil uh, that's, that's so full of life. Watching that process completes a feedback loop. Yeah. And that's actually the sneaky thing about it is that it looks so humble, this kind of idea of getting people to make soil together. But it turns out that it's the first regenerative act that most people have ever participated in. Like putting a can in a recycling you know, bin is not regenerative. It's positive. You know, it's better than mining that ore again. It's not regenerative. So how do you start having regenerative experiences? And so creating living soil together, that's regenerative. Sticking your hands in the living soil once it's finished. Um, the microbes in the soil are communicating with the living skin that you have and that completes a feedback loop at a subconscious level. So it's really a matter of completing these feedback loops. And so make soil is just you know, one way to scale that one of those most, most important feedback loops. Yeah. That's such a good one. The, it seems like the most present one that we carry with us on a moment to moment basis is breath yeah. as that feedback loop. And then this thing that we do every day with the food that we eat to mm -hmm. then go and also makes be part of making soil and and taking us back to our roots in that sense is this other like 
really short closed loop feedback cycle that we can get with awakening ourselves back to our connection with nature. Yep. I love this. I, 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 this definitely is starting to, to top my list of ways to um, prosper more sustainably mm. into our future. And I wonder what are the other planetary interventions. Let's, let's talk about some of the journey that led you to this point. Sure. Um, who were you when you were a kid growing up that got you interested in planetary interventions? Yeah, I don't know if my childhood, I mean, our childhood defines us in so many ways. Um, mine was not easy. So, um, you know, I, I tried like starting little companies and things when I was a kid and mostly like my school teachers told me stop fooling around and get back to studying, you know? So I really, it's kind of like, I spent 15 years waiting for life to start and then once I got out of the school system, I could finally get on with making the world a better place and learning and being curious. So um, if there was any contribution by my childhood, it's the fact that my, my ability to contribute and learn was so stunted for the first quarter of my life that once I was free, I was just voraciously learning about the world, you know? And I'm into all of it, right? I'm into technology, ecology, spirituality, all of it. I just love reality. So. Curiosity. If you leave somebody's curiosity intact, I think anybody, anybody who has curiosity and a few hours a day to satisfy that curiosity, they're going to appear as a genius within a few years because they've just been following their curiosity, right? And many, many people don't get that opportunity right now. Yeah. Ooh, damn, that's a good one. Yeah. If, if we have enough of the basic needs met um, on the hierarchy of needs, then we can pursue our divine creative actualization on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, then we will look like geniuses. Mm -hmm. I love that. So then, okay, so when you're kind of blending together your, you know, your early years with your desire to, to do planetary interventions, um, where does transloc come up? Well, let's talk about the word, the phrase, first of all, let's that I it. came up with planetary interventions, right? Yes, because please. people would ask, like, what company are you doing now? Or they'd say, I have a startup or whatever. And I just found that uh, so many companies really have no positive mission to them. I mean, they might greenwash it a little bit or say like, well, we're giving people jobs and then they can put their kids through college, but we need better reasons than that to create companies now, right? Um, eight, eight billion people saying, you know, I'm gonna go get a job and have a company that doesn't do any good for the planet. It just can't handle it anymore, yeah. right? So it's, so I stopped calling them companies and, um, we're really running out of time to do things that don't matter and that don't make the world a better place. And we don't need more companies that just mindlessly consume the biosphere. Yes. Which is what they do. The economy as it is now had um, and has very little um, understanding of, of the biosphere, right? It was sort of predicated on a limitless raw material that we sell at the greatest margin we can. It doesn't cut it anymore. So I stopped using the word companies um, and started calling these planetary interventions because it doesn't matter to me what the vehicle is. I'm agnostic about that. You know, Make Soil is a nonprofit. Some of my other ventures are for profits, but the vehicle could be a podcast. It could be a tweet. It could be a book. It could be. It doesn't matter. But we just need to make planet. We need to make interventions. We need to intervene in the direction of society today, so that the biosphere doesn't collapse, yes. and so that people don't keep 
blowing each other up and sniping at each other and hurting each other out of broken minds and traumas and wounds and things, right? So to me, that's what's the point of having a bunch of money in a world where people are killing each other and you know we're here in San Francisco right and tons of innovation and how many bodies do I have to step over in the sidewalk people lying face down cracked out you know it's time to address these things <sighs> the biosphere is not something to just turn into a stream of financial output um, but it's something to be stewards of and um, yes yeah it's and humans, and humans, in a way, haven't found our niche in the ecosystem today. It's yeah. like there's nature and there's people. Yep. Right? We're the only thing that doesn't consider ourselves part of nature. Except the indigenous. They have right. found their... Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And so humans could be the most regenerative yeah. animal on the planet. We could be preserving species totally. that are already on their way to extinction. Yeah. yeah. All types of things. Yeah. And then if we embrace that identity and that occupation, we would find a lot of the existential malaise, you know, being addressed, a lot of the psychological issues, a lot of the social issues. Yep. We'd have our purpose, we'd have our place in the ecosystem. Damn. All of the issues with mental health, with all of the, right. um, the s stripping away the planetary resources, all of these things are just um, second order issues and third order issues from the first principle issue, which is our disconnection from nature, us not being able to find our place as stewards mm -hmm. um, of the planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how the indigenous have been describing it, and um, I've really enjoyed that way of, of viewing it. And okay, so the inspiration is to inspire other people here to get focused on planetary interventions and not necessarily just companies or startups, right. but things that are specifically geared towards planetary interventions. Yes. Aligning us in a more positive direction, in a more positive trajectory, raising consciousness. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like an all hands on deck situation with many people not aware of the challenges facing us or, or increasingly aware that things aren't good but not knowing what to do, right? There's so many documentaries and doomsday I mean, documentaries are fairly, fairly decent, but just there's bad news everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. But people um, feel pretty disempowered to do anything about it. I think that's leading to a desensitization and a kind of repression of the of the situation. So it's time to it's time to intervene on a planetary scale. Each human can look around them with their context, their background, their intelligence, and see one way that they can make the world a more beautiful place. And if each one of us did that we would create heaven on earth. Yeah. And then you spent a good chunk of time working on Transloc. This is um, adding technology to make public transit better. Um, and these are just some of the little ways that we can do things like <clears throat> see systems around us that could use improvement yeah. um, and just make those interventions happen. We don't have to spend too much time on that, but yeah. it's, it's good that you ended up doing that. Yeah, and that's, and that's a nice example, especially for um, entrepreneurs or anybody out there wanting to make a difference is to realize that it's kind of it's like in the same in nature like in, in nature when there, whenever there's an edge there's a lot of life there wherever one uh, ecotone meets another and in the same way wherever any two industries meet there's just endless innovation that can happen there so so yeah back in 2004 when I was a college kid I would ride the bus and realize that public transit like didn't work that well and then I would go play video games and realize that 
there was so much technology being brought to bear on a fairly frivolous activity, <laughs> you know, like the, the latest and greatest in transistors and circuitry and... Graphics. Exactly. Yeah. It was all being driven by, can I more hyper-realistically throw a grenade at this Jeep that my buddy's driving from his apartment as we're flying through, you know, and, you know, it, it's, it's just like, what? And then I go wait for the bus and it was like, practically Flintstones, you know, it was just <laughs> like, there wasn't a circuit, a computer to be found. And I just was like, what if we took an ounce of the technology that's being brought to bear in, in the world of computers to the world of public transport? And then you're like, oh my God, like, these big giant buses wouldn't move up and down the street empty anymore, you know? Or like, you know, you would be able to more intelligently... Yeah. So you see how easily it blurs, right? You go from like, oh, I'm gonna apply technology to this, and now you're helping optimize environmental issues, right? Because yeah. a, a giant bus going down the street that's empty, that's not environmentally friendly. That, that thing's getting three miles to the gallon, that's awful. It yeah. only makes any sense if it's full of people. Yeah. And yeah. that you as, you know, I as a college student could be like, I'm gonna put a GPS receiver on that bus yep, and yep. make the location go to an internet, internet site. site. And, we, and my point is, opportunities like that are always all, there. All over the Constantly. place. Yep. And so it's a matter of allocating our own consciousness and resources um, with time um, to the ones that are um, most uh, pressing to regenerate the biosphere and yeah. to become better stewards. Yeah, yeah and your opportunities will be super easy example. if you have an omnivorous mind, right? Like, yeah. like a broad diet. You have a broad diet. You have a broad mental diet. I like diet. that, yeah. And then the opportunities to make things better are just super obvious. If you hyper-specialize, it's difficult, you know? Yeah. You're, you're like going deeper and deeper and deeper, and now you only, you can, you're writing a paper that only six other people even can read, and yeah. you're trying yeah. to, you know, it's just kind of like, that's not the highest leverage point right now. Yeah, I think this is the first time on the show that someone's used the word omnivorous mind. I like that. Yeah. It's interesting. Also, um, a broad diet. This is a very polymathic show, yeah. very multidisciplinary, right all on. different types of guests, so people get to um, have that broadness in diet. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Um, <clears throat> so then after, um, after that, then it was another planetary intervention with Make Soil. Um, I didn't, well, I didn't urban farm after that. Oh yeah, the, okay. Let's farm. yeah, let's talk about that. So that was in the southeastern mm -hmm. United States. Yeah. Where was, was that? In Raleigh, North Carolina. In Raleigh. Okay. And then no, it was another simple idea, yeah, right? Go it's ahead. like people are disconnected from the food system. I was disconnected from the food system. I didn't know anything about it, and I started researching it, and then saw that the food system was seriously screwed up. You know, it was like um, being driven by commodity prices and margins and and it had lost sight of like what was good for people to eat <laughs> like what should our bodies be composed of <laughs> seems like an important question and is it poisoning the planet when we produce that food these questions were um of course there were people beginning to take issue with it but the food system as a whole was ignorant of it and society in general it hasn't changed all that much so um, but I just kept seeing like places in the city where food could be grown and where people with a little bit of time, um, and this is another mental barrier. Like so many of our problems, so many of our barriers are just psychological barriers, right? So you talk to people about growing your own food. Truly, I used to mention to people, especially 10 years ago, growing your own food. And they, they literally thought I meant that they should quit their jobs and move to the country and grow all of their own food. And it's like, no, 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 like, can you grow a little bit? Like, how about a half hour a week? What if I told you you could grow all the salad greens for your family in a half hour a week, and that'd be fun? Yeah. 
And they're like, really? And people just don't know that. So I thought like, well, let's, let's do a community garden. And I did that with some friends and that was amazing. And this was so good. I was like, let's scale it up. So then we did a one acre urban farm um, right in the middle of the city. So we're gonna, see, we're gonna see a time where cities begin to green up, not just kind of like with useless shrubbery. We're yeah. gonna see them producing more food. And we're gonna see more people participating in that. Because the truth is that everybody would benefit from touching something living. Oh yeah during the week. And every, another feedback loop is to plant a seed, take care of it, watch what grows, and then eat what grows from it. Yeah. And a person who's had that experience, you can always tell because they waste a lot less food. You can see somebody who's never grown anything because they're just like shoveling food into the garbage when they're done eating. And it's just, it's just an abstraction to them. Actually, here's, this is funny. You're gonna love this. I think I figured out why um, there's so much food waste. And that's because we all grew up watching Star Trek. And in the Star Trek, all food came from this little box that just materialized. And I believe now there are more living people who have actually seen food produced on Star Trek than have seen food produced <laughs> in reality. Yeah. <laughs> in reality. And so now they just think they're just scraping photons into the trash can and it's not a big deal because there's just a machine that'll go powered by dilithium crystals somewhere. I'm not joking. I think subconsciously that's part of what's going on. People have witnessed that scene hundreds of times and they've never participated in real food production. Isn't that funny? I love Star Trek, but I think that's yeah, an incidental, yeah. incidental <laughs> side effect. When, 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 you, um, when you take uh, and have to take care of, of plants um, yeah. and water them and give them light and then try and grow yeah. something that then you can eat rather yeah. than go and buy it from store, that, that, is, that is part of our origin story and part of some of the most important things that every human can do. Yep. And it's interesting that you can scale it. Like there's this word that I come back to, it's arcology, blending together architecture and ecology. Mm. And you see all these ideas of future cities where there's gardens everywhere. There's massive, mm -hmm. beautiful recycling of water and sunlight. Mm. And, yeah. and it's just like, wow, we can make that. Yeah. And then we're, you know, <clears throat> what are our first steps? We're kind of in, you know, the metropolis is, it's almost like a vortex of yep. metropolises yep. and in the joker vortex of the internet, pulling people rather than yeah. <clears throat> going out and doing things. So make soil seems to be one of those very simple ways to go out. Yeah, and, and, I, and I love technology that causes people to do something in the 3D world that matters. Technology that just sucks people into a digital vortex that continues to divorce them from yeah. physical reality and all of its issues that need attention. Yeah. Um, it's not very, not very healthy. So whether it was Transloc where it's like, wow, with bits and bytes, we could more efficiently move you know, millions of tons of steel that's been yanked out of the ground and melted into the shape of a bus. That sounds like a good idea, worthwhile to do, right? Or with, um, with a website, we could get millions of people all over the world making soil out of their food scraps that they can then grow food in. And like, that seems like a good thing to do. So I love using technology to, to do that, to get us to take action in the real world. I have this funny saying that we, we you know, I was building a compost bin with a buddy and we were in Austin, uh, my buddy David, and we were driving in his like, um, Centra, it was a Lexus, it was driving his Lexus, and there's a bunch of two by, four, two, by ten, two by four by tens, you know, like all this wood, this lumber that we were hauling to build compost bins. And he's like, this is so weird. You know, we're like, we're about to like do stuff. We're gonna build with, I was like, yeah, we're, we're like doing stuff, you know? And it's like, we cannot, 
um, save the planet entirely by tapping, liking, and swiping. Just can't. Got to do something. <laughs> you got to actually do stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That right there is enough to put the fire under the ass. Yeah. Oof. Which turns out to be more satisfying anyway. It's more satisfying. It's something in the physical world. Yeah. 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 Ooh. And there's a, there's a lot of ways to go past the tapping, liking, and swiping. Like even just deep, um, long periods of, of eye contact with others. Mm. Um, yeah, there's all different types of, of ways to increase our connection to each other and slowly butterfly effect our way to becoming better stewards. Yeah. But soil has a very immediate um, effect. Let's do Embodying as well, right? Bringing the mind into the body. Into yeah, the body, totally. into, yeah, yep. into all that is. Yep. Um, let's bring up some of the assets that we have. I want to show the map, the map of the geographies. There's so many of these soil sites now. Um, just this first one showcases in the, um, in the United States. Um, and this is on the landing page. You can create a soil site. You can find a soil site. Um, this is about the, the, the intro video, which we played a little bit of is really great. You guys can find it, makesoil.org. Um, all right, and then on the next image is that geographies that we have. This is of the, um, the United States, Europe, even South America as well. So you can see that we're now populating these and these are being made around for by people. They're creating their own sites. Yeah, there's a new, a new one of these shows up like every day. So there's people who go to the site, maybe they're already composting and making soil, or they realize that they've been doing it in isolation, but it's time to do it as a public service, okay. right? It's time, yeah. to, um, it's time to invite the neighbors to make soil with you. It's, it's like uh, people complain to me all the time. They're like, oh, people don't get it. Politicians don't get it. My neighbors don't get it. And I say, have you asked them to make soil with you? Yeah. And I'm dead serious. Like, you put yourself on the map, you get a little compost bin, and you knock on your neighbor's door and say, hey, do you have coffee grounds and banana peels and stuff? I would love to turn that into soil and learning how to regenerate the planet, that'll change your relationship with your neighbor. That'll change the relationship with the neighbor, Don't the just community, say something the world. shitty to yeah. them on Twitter. Like, go ask them to make soil with you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Ask them to make soil with you. Yeah, and um, especially in areas where we have those big compost bins where we're just putting in the compost and expecting um, someone else. Yeah. In most places that just, the organics just go to the landfill. They just go to Worldwide. Landfill. Yeah. And in some places they go to a curbside bin that's kind of stinky and then gets picked up by a truck that gets three miles to the gallon and takes it away. And that's better than it going to the landfill, but it's still not as great as having beautiful relationships forming around this regenerative act with your neighbors. And you do, I love that. Yeah. It, it tackles that neighbor. Uh, totally. Yeah, phobia that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there are different political whatever there. Yeah. 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 I know, I know like conservative, Christian Trump supporters who are soil makers now making soil with their neighbors, you know, like, like they, you know, who think that environmental talk is like a liberal scheme to destroy the economy, but who love the self-sufficiency that comes from knowing how to make soil. And then anybody, I don't care what your political lines are, they dissolve when you start doing this together. Because now you're doing something more fundamental than any of that political stuff we've made up. Damn. Yeah. Damn, you get so close to the origins of the species That's and nature right. that you forget about. That's uh, right. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, and it brings us together. I love that. Yeah. And okay, so the next image shows us a zoom into the Florida area. And this kind of gives you an example. A lot of these are concentrated near Tampa. Yeah, and, these and are all the different soil sites all the there. Sites, yep. 
And these are people who, some of them were already making soil. I mean, there's people there who were doing amazing work. This is St. Petersburg, Florida. It's one of the places where it's really taken off. That's so cool. And there's people there, like, um, like there's one lady there. She's, yeah, this lady, she's like a yoga teacher and a, um, a meditation teacher who quit, like, you know, the corporate world. And she holds soil making workshops at her house every week. And so she, she like gives, she trains new soil makers, right? And so we can have this, this distributed, you know, this is like a distributed nervous system of humans regenerating the planet together, and it's proliferating. And so it's a decentralized system. Like, don't wait for make soil to come to your town. Like, bring make soil to your town. Start it tomorrow, today. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. So this is one of the things. If you live in areas, I think this part of the United States has a little bit more um, uh, backyard and front yeah. yard action. Yeah. Uh, downtown SF yeah. uh, in Manhattan doesn't really have too much uh, yeah. backyard and front yard action for this type of process. It's, it's unfortunate that in many places we have paved over 100% of the ground instead of just you know, like 85% or 90%, but maybe paved over the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. But people are reversing that slowly. You're seeing, you're seeing parking lots that are being reclaimed and turned into gardens or streets yes, that yes. are being, and that'll, and again, with the transportation angle, as transportation becomes more efficient, you just won't need five lanes of traffic plowing over the earth anymore. Yeah. Yeah, damn. Yeah, that's a big one. The tr transit with autonomous vehicles and whatnot becoming more efficient, not needing the big parking yeah. garages, turning those into cool yeah. gardens. That'll be a Reclaiming big one. Reclaiming that space. Reclaiming yeah. that space, putting that into gardens. Yep. Yeah, I always wonder about this between housing and the relationship between building new housing versus uh, just turning that those spaces into gardens. To uh, Yeah, that's a very interesting relationship. Yeah. yeah. Well, ultimately, whether it's housing here or there or rural or urban or whatever, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that you have people who know how to live among nature in a harmonious way. Yeah. And when we build cities to build them yeah. with our ecology in mind, with ecology yeah. in mind. Yeah. yeah. Live harmoniously with nature. Yeah. So you also have, a. this is cool. It starts breaking down like how many soil makers there are, what they accept um, as, as things what you don't accept so people can know what to not bring. Yeah, yep. and that's, and that's um, a part of what's clever about Make Soil is we're, we're, we're branding this movement in a way it's never been done before. So you see there the soil maker, there's one soil maker, there's nine soil supporters. Like the soil maker is essentially just a regenerative job that I like made up a couple years ago. I was just like the soil maker, like soil I saw maker. it, you know? And, and it makes a big difference, you know, the ego needs an identity. I don't mean that in a negative sense. We're always kind of like upgrading our identity. Yeah. And so to go from a planet wrecking consumer or whatever kind of shadow identity we have right now as a species to like, I'm a soil maker already that lifts the system, right? And then there's kids and other people being like, oh, that sounds cool. Maybe I want to be a soil maker too, right? So you give that an identity and you give the neighbors an identity of soil supporters. They're not just making garbage anymore. They're supporting living soil with their food scraps that they're collecting. And then you can easily see what people accept and don't accept because people have different, um, you know, some people want to make uh, vegan soil and other people, you know, accept meat and bones. And that's yeah. where you sort all that out. Yep, yep. So it's like an operating system. It's like a global operating system for humans creating soil together. Yeah. And then once we do that, as we do that, people automatically, they want to grow things. I love, I love the word soil maker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It totally increases the level of, of like steward, even that's right. with just that word. I love it. I and love we need it. regenerative jobs. And so that's, 
like the, like there's people keep there's there's a little bit of talk about a regenerative economy today, but there's almost no regenerative jobs. So the soil maker is one humble example of what a regenerative job, job would look like. like yeah. And as we have those experiences, we'll start to realize all the other regenerative jobs that could be created. But this is the time where humanity is time to create the industries of the future that will will help us survive. Yeah. And Love they're not it. offered on a college curriculum right now, sadly, in it, most cases. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great idea. Schools for <laughs> yeah. kids. Yeah. How close yeah. is it for children to get to the soil sites? Is it just like parents bringing their children to soil sites? Like that's a big yeah, I mean, school field trips to soil That or, or parents hosting soil sites, you know, in their front yard and having the kids participate. Or schools. We have some schools that have become soil sites. That's great. I think making soil ought to be like the center of every earth science curriculum. You know, take yeah. it from that abstraction and reading textbooks about earth to creating living humans. That's that would be way more fun for the kids. And there's heat. There's like heat that comes off of this, you know, from the microbial activity. Yeah. Like it can get super hot. It can get like 150, 160, 170 degrees. And there's people who, at that moment, that's when they really feel and see the planet is alive. They're just Whoa. like, wow. They're okay. like, where's the cord? Is this thing plugged in? It's like, no. No. That's microbial activity. Okay. Well, okay. Let's talk about this. So, um, how does soil get made from compost? What is the actual? So we've sort of just rebranded compost as soil because we found that compost wasn't really like catching on as a thing, and so um, and and the bottom line is the the plants pull carbon out of the air, and most people, to be honest, don't know that. So you can this is a little fun test you can give your your friend or your roommate or your spouse or whatever and say, point at a big tree and be like, where did that tree come from? And they're like, everybody's like, what's it made of, right? And they'll be like, uh, they might get to carbon at some point. You know, the water and molecules and car carbon. Yeah, it's made of carbon. You say, where did the carbon come from? Eight out of 10 people, nine out of 10 people will tell you from the ground. Because it just looks like it's coming out of the ground, which it kind of is. But the vast majority of that carbon is coming out of the air. air. So plants are assembling chains of carbon out of the air from, through photosynthesis. And when we turn it into soil through this composting process, we stabilize what would otherwise be volatile gases into these carbon polymers. And that's why you can have something to look at in the palm of your hand. It's something to plant the seed in. It's that, that. Mm. So the dots that haven't connected for humanity yeah. is that this mysterious CO2 gas in the air can be turned into this jet black life-giving soil in your hand. It's just too abstract for folks right now. So, so even from the below, from the roots of the tree, that's part of the nutrients that are being that are being used for the growth process. But then from above, we're also the, the plants are also taking nutrients from above, from the atmosphere. That's where it's getting the carbon, carbon from primarily. So the carbon comes from here, and then the nitrogen, phosphorus. What was the last one? The third oh, one? Potassium. potassium. I mentioned those three because they're sort of abused in the, in the agricultural industry. People, they've just focused on nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium at the expense of all the other nutrients. But the, but the plant, different plants need a great different variety of nutrients. Diversity. And they pull most of those out of the soil. And um, nitrogen, which is a, is a gas that's in the air, um, gets into these little pockets in the soil, and the microbes help create those pockets through their secretions, and, and there's a symbiosis with the roots. That, that pattern of symbiosis is really, is really beautiful. And, um, and if we give the plant what it needs, it'll, it'll grow and it'll grow healthy and it'll create food that makes us healthy and it will be able to defend itself from pests and things like this. So the, 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 the thing that most people don't realize is that the, the, the nutrients in the soil, they're not there for you and your kids and your family. It's like they're there for the plant primarily. 
Now, it works out nicely, or depending on how cosmic you want to get, maybe it is there for us, but, prime, but it, it's, it's there for the plant as well. And if those nutrients are there, the plant can defend itself. And if those nutrients aren't there, then you have to defend the plant, which is very wimpy, from mm -hmm. um, blights and pests, pests and things. Yeah. And we do that with chemicals, yeah. which are not good for us, so, yeah. or the planet. And the um, amount of topsoil that needs to be regenerated around the world. So basically, we're getting worse and worse yeah. nutrients over time as yeah. we don't it's being depleted. take care of the topsoil. I mean, when you just next time you're in a grocery store, just like look at how much food is there. Yeah, so much. And then realize that a lot of it has a short expiration date. Yes. And you should see what's going in the dumpster out back. And realize yes. that you're, if you live in a medium-sized city, you probably have five of those grocery stores. Yeah, yeah. And that there's hundreds of millions of cities around the world. Yep. And it just doesn't add up. Like you could, you could, you could show a five-year-old and they would be like, whoa, you better be putting something back in the dirt then, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. just, nobody's been confronted with it almost. It's kept, that little, that little details kept, um, kept from consumers lest it curb our purchasing. Yeah, that's a big one. We love talking about how things work on the show. And so that's a big one when you walk into the grocery store, really think about how all of that food got there, how it was grown, yeah. um, how it was transported there, where it's going afterward, if yeah. it's not used, all these yeah. questions. Um, a couple other things. So when, when you're actually taking all of the scraps um, from food, you were shepherding the, the food mm -hmm, waste, mm -hmm. and then we're taking banana peels, coffee grounds, all these things. What, how do, uh, if you put them into a... You keep, you keep, there's a recipe. Yeah, what is this recipe for making compost? Um, there's many ways to do it, but the, the, the simple kind of nuts and bolts way to explain it is that you're going to need to balance the carbon and nitrogen ratio. So if there's too much rotty stuff in there, if there's too much stuff that if you were to leave it in your fridge and go away for a month on the plane, you're like, oh no, I forgot whatever, and I forgot that fish in the, you know, in the fridge. That's high in nitrogen. So you, you balance anything that could rot with things that are not high in nitrogen, like um, dry leaves and stuff like this. And when you get the balance just right, then instead of rotting, it does a different thing, which is it actively goes through a microbial process of composting of earth creation. So it's really that recipe that you teach people over and over again, and it requires a certain amount of air getting in there, and it requires a certain amount of moisture. So if you just get this recipe, right, it's kind of like brewing beer. It's kind of like learning to brew beer. You get it properly and it makes soil. Yes. That's okay. It. So, so um, air and moisture, how do we get the air and moisture in with this nitrogen and balanced with uh, plant matter? Yep. So you can have a little fork or implement or fluff it up a bit, or you can turn it. That's why people turn their compost yeah. sometimes. You get yeah. your friends together. I, it's a really good time on do a Friday night. Do you just put this in a bin, like a big... Like well, we, ha we have a bin on the, soil on the site, actually. Yeah, we call it the soil maker box, and that's an example of um, a great device to put it in. But there's many different shapes. Does that have like a mesh? That has mesh around it. And yeah. the soil stays within that mesh? It does, because there's leaves. There's a lot of leaves in there. Leaves in it. Yeah. Okay, but so the idea is that you... You, uh, you can stir it, you, you can fluff it, you, you can and, aerate it. And okay, aerates the... the um, okay, and then you... You, you get the air, you aerate it through just fluffing it like mm -hmm. that, and then you get moisture coming in from... from you might add it directly. You might add like water or It something? depends, because okay. it depends on whether some people, they don't want to drink the coffee after it's been sitting out for two hours. And so at their office place, they're like dumping, you know, people have seen this, they're like dumping the coffee down the drain, right? Like these poor coffee beans stood in the jungle for two months 
transported 3,000 miles and now you're pouring them down the drain because they got to be two hours old, it's absurd. But if you're taking that liquid, instead of that going down the drain, you put that into a compost pile, into the soil making process, okay. you wouldn't need to hydrate it as much, right? Because, so it Which depends on what your, your outputs are, right? If you have a bunch of, I was in Florida and we were at this um, have, um, or, orange grove. And so like we had 600 rotting oranges in there. We didn't need to add any water, right? It was practically orange juice. Practically orange yeah. juice, yeah. But you just, you just start to learn the right amount of moistness that is, you know, this is too much, this is too little, this is just right. So it's just a simple recipe that you teach people and within a few months a person can get really proficient at this and then they become the soil maker for their neighbors. For their neighbors, yeah. And then their they neighbors just start bringing their scraps and watching the process and it spreads. Yeah. And we will spread this to hundreds of millions of people. The question is how quickly can we do it? Yeah, yeah. And then that experience informs people. Now that they've had a regenerative experience, now that they've felt what it's like to help live in harmony with the planet, they start seeing all the places in their life that are completely out of harmony. It's just a gateway effect. Yes. They start looking for yes. more ways to, and it feels so much better. Yeah. They're putting trash in the garbage can over here, doesn't feel good. They're putting their orange peels and coffee grounds into this, and it does feel good. Yeah. It's a comparison. Yeah. Again, that's a feedback loop. Not yes. as good, feels better. That's how you change behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And then that trickles and butterfly effects into totally. all other aspects of our That's own it. divinity on this planet. That's it. Stewardship. Okay, so you can yeah, find soil sites, make soil create soil sites, get going with the communities, spread it to the hundreds of millions of people. Ron and I will be going to one. What do you think, Ron? Do you th do you do you feel like um, that this is uh, the, has the potential to do the change that we need in the world? I like what he said earlier about um, <laughs> Christian uh, Trump supporters and it's not a, a liberal hippie plan to do no. this something <laughs> that can bring the community together regardless yeah. of what uh, side you yeah. swing on yeah. yeah this is great and thanks for doing what you do awesome. this is so important we get back to uh, get back to nature yeah. on so many levels because the if we don't we're gonna be alien grays I say this all the time yeah. just one soulless organic species hive mind we got to avoid the death star you know we got to planet earth is a yeah. beautiful place before yeah. the show started ron asked josh if we could eat soil <laughs> well I, when i was a kid I, it was on one of the children's programs the guy put um, a little soil on his salad yeah. <laughs> you know and i tried doing that and my i, got, I think i got a beating yeah, I, this just raises the case of, you know, what, what's the quality of the soil? And so part of the movement we're kicking off here as we create more and more soil makers, as more and more people join the ranks of soil makers, is they're get, we're creating the industry of artisanal small batch soil. Yeah. So people start to... Wow. I've seen people who have never considered the pesticides on their banana peels and avocados while they were throwing it into the trash. Now that they're putting it into the, the box to make soil, they're like, wait a minute. Those pests, aren't there pesticides on that? Yeah, and they're yeah. like, <gasps> maybe I should buy organic next time. It's taken that feedback loop. When they thought it was going away, they didn't care. Now they realize nothing really goes away. It's not going away. Now they care. So it's that, it's that gateway experience. Wow. Yeah. Ron, will you come with me to do make soil in the bay? Yeah, just drop it off somewhere. Find a soil site, drop it off and- Ron, will you come with? Sure. 
When? Yeah. Today? Awesome. No, we'll go. No, we can't. We have our show. We have our event tomorrow. Um, but we'll uh, we'll go. Uh, for those that don't know, identifying and correcting perverse incentives is happening in San Francisco tomorrow at 7 p.m. Our live event. Um, wow. So yeah, yeah, we'll go. Uh, we'll go within by the end of the month. We'll go. Absolutely. This will be a lot of fun. It's always funny when you go and you like you kind of you dab in gardening. Uh, a little bit here and there, and then you grow some tomatoes. Like I've grown tomatoes, I've grown um, like uh, like parsley, cilantro, like like this, these types of things. I've grown them mm-hmm. s- uh, successfully, and then th- uh, there are all different types of conditions. Have you heard of the food computer at MIT yet? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, the, so you can actually see all of the different variables that are being computed in yep. that environment for the growth of basil or tomatoes or whatever. Yep. And I think that's really interesting because then it makes it so that when I fail, I can learn. And yeah. I can, yeah. And some of that, it's all positive that people are paying any attention to this. Some of the learning is erroneous, though, and reductionist. So, you know, the computer, the computer is like, well, they're you know, wasn't enough selenium in the soil. Like maybe it'll tell you that, and that's, that's fine. Um, but is the answer to like go mine selenium somewhere and amend the soil with it, right? Like what are you doing to the country around the world, right? So it's just, it, it's still, there's still plenty of opportunity to get it wrong. And the ultimate answer, you want all this data leading towards. The big, the big reveal is that it's not just a raw material, it's a living system and you really need the living system to be healthy. It's not just one compound of this or that. Just like um, you could have really terrible relationships at home and we could send you to the doctor and they'd be like, well, your blood works in order, right? It's just not a holistic view of your life. That's all. It's a piece, it's a good piece though. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it, 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 it's also interesting to think about them on these like open agriculture, like warehouses of optimizing um, uh, like literally, can you can you do things like make um, uh, basil that that when you eat it helps you with uh, with like dementia? You know what I mean? Like that's what they're also trying to figure out. Things yeah. like that. Sure. That so many is- disorders are just nutrient deficiencies, right? If your body doesn't have like what it needs, and I'm not saying like run out and just buy random supplements because that usually doesn't solve it. Um, but like if your body doesn't have the, the molecules it needs to create the substrates, to create the structures that support your higher order intelligence, like there's no end to the number of doctory names we can come up with for the diseases. There's just, there's, they're gonna proliferate wildly. Are we gonna get in trouble? Because diseases are a big business, you know? And if we tell people to get healthy and stuff, that's gonna cost somebody billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, such a good question. They're gonna get mad at us. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great question for the kids. Ron, that's a great way to put it. I think that's the best. <laughs> what about jobs? That's yeah. one of the best interventions that Ron's had on the show to date. Um, that's a great one for young people to think about. Like, oh yeah, well, what is this going to do for people that are making money in the medical industry that are trying to um, give me a drug instead to fix that ailment instead of me exercising or going and eating more healthy or sleeping more? Yeah. And that's a fantastic approach to thinking about it is that there are forces that are trying to get people. Yeah, the opiate epidemic is a big business. People are making so much money off that. Yeah, this is this old saying, like what you consider waste, somebody else can calls their job. What's one man's junk is another man's treasure. treasure. You're a tree, Frank, you're sitting in it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so then this is a nonprofit. But to end on a better note, yeah. there's, there's yes. better jobs for everybody. We yes. don't need to be in that Soil situation. Makers. And so, you yes. know, somebody might lose their job if we start fixing society. 
but the good news is they're going to be much happier in their new job, their new regenerative job that's in harmony with the planet. And that's what's crazy is people, people will lose a job they're used to that they didn't really like, it hurt their back, was no good for their mind. And because the curiosity has been destroyed, because this, the, the, the mind has been abused in so many ways, they cannot think of anything better to do with themselves. And they will just pick it and sue and do whatever they can to get that terrible job back that they didn't really want. <laughs> it's, which is why I'm into the consciousness thing as well. Yes. You know, we heal the human mind and then people can make better choices and think of better things to do with themselves, yes. which we all do increasingly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And this also, um, I think, reminds us a lot of how people can go out and just organize uh, a very small uh, gathering for uh, for exercising as well, and then going out and just like doing some connecting to the park that they're in, or to the doing some yoga or some exercises in the park. These types of things. These are the little bits of like organizing communities to go and make soil, or to exercise, or to go and learn some sort of a a, a game where they play these mm -hmm. like authentic relating, relating yeah. games. I mean, we're talking game over once humans are moving in that direction. There's a tipping point that happens. The consciousness yeah. is up so high we yeah. can win the wisdom race. It's true. And there's a transition period, though, which we have to be sensitive to, which is that right now, the way the economy works, people need jobs, right? So there's people out there who have kids and they're just like, they're like, we can look at their calendar and they do not have much time for authentic relating games in the park. I need right? a job programming at Zynga so I can make games. I mean, they pay me 100000 a year. That's like, Why would I take a job that pays me 30000 right. a year? I can't live in SF. I have two kids. And that all changes if yeah. you and your neighbors are growing all your food in your backyard, right? If, every, if you have an avocado tree here and a walnut tree there and this neighbor grows these four veggies in 30 minutes a week and your other neighbor grows these three veggies in 30 minutes a week and then you, you see that abundance, you see where food comes from, you see that you're not going to starve, you can chill out and decide, maybe I'll learn a new skill. Maybe I'll get a different job. What do I want to be next? You sit down with your friends and you eat and you talk about it. So that's another reason why it's such a kind of first domino to tip over of people making soil together. Because then people grow food together. Then people have real food security. Yeah. Not on some space age AI supply chain system that's still out there somewhere. But because we just know how to plant seeds and put them in the ground and take care of them. And it's fun. That's real security. And then, and then our higher order thinking comes online and we can create a better world together. And then what is the, I mean, this is, okay, this is a nonprofit. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so, so you guys can donate to Make Soil, help them grow as well. Yeah. Um, but go and get involved in your communities, make sites in your communities, especially where you have so much space across the world. We have so many places that have space outside of metropolis. Yeah. Me? But tr try and make it so the next time you plant a building that the, there's a garden on the top, yeah. right? These types of things in the future. Maybe we can talk to Bob and see if we can uh, get one of those bins on the roof. And, uh, you know, we got enough people here that might have... Yeah. Actually, Ron's, Ron's right. Um, we could put um, one of those bins on the roof. That's a, that's a great idea. It is, um, yeah. yeah, it is. It's a fantastic idea. And um, another aspect to that is that... Um, it can't cost that. That's the thing is that like it can't cost the management money or time. But if the people say that we're going to do this ourselves and you don't have to do anything right. with it, we're doing it ourselves. We're going to organize it as a community yep. here. I like that one too, Ron. That's yep. a good one. I'll make sure one. to make sure to write that one down at the top of this. Talk to Bob. Yeah. 
Let's see. Let's see what he says about that. We'll keep you guys posted on what on what he says about that. Bob, what do you think if we start saving the planet? Like a roof garden. Yeah. Yeah. A roof compost, roof soil. Bob yeah, doesn't strike me as the. You know, I think he's just gonna. No, nah, we don't want you going on the roof. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what it strikes yeah, me. Ah, there's a liability we're, there. We'll give it. We'll give it a go and see see yeah. what happens. Liability is the great American virtue these yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> great American virtue. Um, can let's also talk about um the other, um com. Okay, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but there is this uh, wisdom race that's happening with our need to raise our consciousness, become more spiritually stewards of the planet, because exponential technology is becoming democratized. Uh, one's ability to do, have, be a malevolent actor is, is, is increasing. Yeah. The geopolitical situation is not 100 million people that are somewhat disconnected from the planet. Now it's 8 billion people right. that are disconnected from the planet. Yeah. So, so how do we, um, how do we, how do we, how do we handle that? Other than making soil together? Yeah, so making soil together is a fantastic one. Mm, how do we what? How do we? How do we what do we do about this? About this? The spiritual intervention that's oh. happening at the craziness of the exponential technology time. Yeah, like healing. Healing the mind is a good idea. Like yeah. everybody's carrying tons of guilt, fear, and shame, and bottling it up. And, you know, there were, there were whole generations before us, a lot of our parents, where it was a real mark of shame to go to a therapist or something like that, right? I've, I've personally had, I've had hundreds of therapy sessions, right? And, and probably maybe a thousand therapy sessions and hundreds of different modalities, a hundred different modalities. I just, like, once you realize that intelligence is a thing and your mind and your emotions and all that stuff are um, kind of running your life, then yeah. it just really behooves you to upgrade the mind and repair the mind and, and elevate consciousness. And really, like, I'm not, I'm not, the whole political thing is so gnarly, right? And I don't want to get into a political conversation, but I, what I will say is that the, the level of governance and government and politics that we need to survive as a species is inversely proportional to our enlightenment. So when people can regulate themselves, yeah. when they're not, when I'm not projecting my bad child, my, my difficult childhood with painful memories and being bullied in the schoolyard onto you as you today are the problem, which is what most of what goes on in the world, then we have a lot less issues and we need a lot fewer laws, a lot less court cases. An inverse relationship between spiritual enlightenment and governance. Yeah. Did you hear that one, Ron? <laughs> Why do you catch me off guard like that? I'm uh, trying to work the show. Oh yeah, yeah. Ron, 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 Ron talks. Ron talks about that one a lot. The, the need, again? the need that we we don't need to be governed, and um, and the the the, the if if we are spiritually enlightened, uh, then we don't need governance. But when we're not spiritually enlightened, then we need to be governed. Yeah, we're yeah. not there yet. There's as much as I yeah. wish for self-governance, it, it may take uh, a couple of more uh, uh, civilization. Just, you know, it's, I don't have any hope for the future, Joshua. I appreciate what you're doing. I'm doing this either way, even yeah, if we're screwed. That's, that's yeah, that's what else we Likewise, likewise. Yeah, that's the mentality. Actually, everyone, I want you to put a flag in exactly what Josh just said. I'm doing this either way. I'm doing this regardless that's what separates the some of the most brilliant 
entrepreneurs and artists, creators on the planet, is that they don't care how much they have to suffer in order to build the future that they want to cha um, change. Can I continue so. going to the bar even if uh, we have a, a utopian future? Can I still go? Of course, you can do whatever you want with your time. Yeah. 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 No? yeah? Can yeah. you go to the bar? Is that what you asked? The bar, yeah. <laughs> yeah to can have I still a, a drink or two. You MCT, know? cacao, kava, elixir. Uh, <laughs> okay, and then how about um, what are the forces that are at play on planet Earth that are beyond our physical reality? Where'd this question come from? <laughs> That's a new one. A natural little segue there. <laughs> yeah, because we were talking earlier. I don't know how, but we were. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's. As I told you, I'm just into reality, right? And so I just, I love trying to parse real, as much of reality as I possibly can. And we can talk at the level of the biosphere, we can talk at the level of society, we can talk at the level of the mind, uh, we can talk at the level of technology and computers and code and circuitry. And one massive element of hubris for rational people who love to talk about all, any of the things I just mentioned is that they believe that the top level is with them and their own ego. And that's absurd, mm. right? So it, really, reality is very fractal. There's patterns all around us and those patterns mm -hmm. play out at different levels. So in the same way that each individual has a brain that has a bunch of neurons that help create who you are, clearly each of us is like a neuron in a larger brain. And so there's a bunch of neurons talking to each other in my head right now, and that allows me to act like a neuron, and this is our synapse with Ron here. Oh, that's beautifully uh, said. And so, yeah. like, is there a higher power? There has to be, there's whatever, there's whatever field of consciousness we create together, each acting as a neuron. And maybe it goes far beyond that as well. Yeah, we've heard about the um, eight billion humans being like, and all of the sentience in the animals, the plants, the insects, etc., being Gaia, this biosphere, it all being interconnected as neurons, right? And then I love how you describe the interconnection between us as the synapse, the space, yeah. and then so we're neurotransmitter yeah. through talking. Yeah. <laughs> and it took, it, took, it took neuroplasticity for me to get here, right? I moved myself physically, and we put our you know, we're here so that our dendrites can touch and we're in the room and... Dendrites? Yeah. yeah. What's a dendrite? Yeah, there's a shampoo for that. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, just the hump, just cons consider investigating uh, the, the complexity of the smallest parts of the neuronal infrastructures of the brain. Okay. Ron, Ron, Ron quickly races to his newsfeed when he has time, so I'm just trying to see. Okay. My newsfeed's very important. <laughs> we have serious news, Ron. Yeah, You've I've got programmed dendrites. that. I've been, <laughs> I've been, You've been diagnosed with dendrites. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, and then are we in a simulation? I like to say that uh, you could say that, but I, what I like to say, and you don't have to change the name of your show just because of this, but I think it's, I like to think of it more as an interface. So, see, what I, what I, there are many simulation-like dynamics to this, but what, what I don't love as much about that is that some people think it doesn't matter. 
Sure. And I think this is like, yes, this is the simulation that also matters, matters. a lot. Yeah. And in another way of Those calling something. Those are mutually exclusive things. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. But if you also think of it as an interface, like this is, uh, like whether your cosmology is that like you're a soul who incarnated here to do something, then this is the interface for working on yourself or maturing yes. your soul yes. or whatever. Or, but this is an interface. It's a so, school. Yeah. yeah. Just like there's a graphical user interface of like you would take a mouse or a touchpad and you would interact with another system, like this body is your interface into this system and your mind is your interface. And I like that. Yeah. I like the word interface a lot. Yeah. And um, out of all the people that we've asked um, that you came back with another unique cool word, I like interface a lot. Um, and a lot of people actually don't find those things mutually exclusive that if it is a simulation or yeah. an interface or totally. that they come here to school that then yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, it all, yeah. yeah, it actually, a lot of people on the show say that it really matters and yeah. it's fantastic. Sure, totally. Yeah. And that usually, it, we need more children to believe that, that it matters and yeah. that their purpose in the world matters and to find their purpose as quickly as possible and to not get sucked in the joker vortexes but to do cool things like yeah. make soil and to become it, better stewards. It's, you know, some people use it very conveniently for themselves, um, which I, I always like to poke fun at, like where um, like somebody will like, be asking me about, like they, they really need funding for their company or something, right? And it's like really serious, like they need funding, you know? And, or they can't do this company, or it's gonna fall and fail or whatever. And then I'll be talking about like the environment and the issue with the biosphere, and they're not into that at all. They don't know anything about it, and then they're just like, "Well, oh, look, it's just, no. look, this isn't reality anyway. It's the simulation." Like, "Oh, wait a minute. You, like, do you care if you get the money or not?" Then, because it's yeah. like you were really passionate <laughs> yeah. about the simulation a minute ago, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just it's just awareness. And so, in spirit, in the whole spiritual world, this word awareness gets thrown around a lot, but it's like laughably simple. What awareness? Means. It means awareness of everything. It means awareness of like. There's awareness of my posture, there's awareness of my emotions, there's awareness of my impact of consuming the biosphere, and then I'm completely unaware of where it goes when I put it in that plastic bag. Like, that's awareness too. It's all valid. Yeah. So more awareness is great, but it's not limited to like the kind of awareness you get after yoga class. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then what is the most beautiful thing in the world? <sighs> the most beautiful thing... One that's coming to mind is that anybody, if anybody stops for even five minutes to ask themselves, can I imagine a more beautiful world and specifically what I would change, every single person will get a vision back. And if every single person took a step toward that vision, we'd have heaven on earth. It's a distributed problem, it's a distributed job. It's not meant to be fixed by some one person. I love that. Can I envision a more beautiful earth? How, how would I make that? Yeah. And for some people, it's going to be, oh, they're going to go to this nursing home and take, take kids down, and then they take them down to the daycare where they don't have enough people to watch the kids. And for somebody else, it'll be making soil together. And yes. For somebody, it's just, for somebody else, it'll be accepting themselves or, or helping other people have self-acceptance or whatever it is. But each person is a distributed, it's a distributed problem and we're a distributed network here to yeah. solve it together. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Planetary Interventions. Yeah, what man. a great show. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for coming. So on. much fun. It's been such Thank a you, blast. Brother. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Love it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Love to hear your thoughts in the comments below on the episode. Let us know what you're thinking. 
Also, have more conversations with your friends, families, coworkers, people online on social media about the importance of going out and making soil. Go out and make soil. Go attend the sites. Go and create your own sites. Go and do that, everyone. So crucial. And also, talk more about the other planetary interventions that we need. Go and make your planetary interventions happen. Find the links in the bio to makesoil.org as well as Josh Witten, all the social pages. Find all those links in the bio. Shout out to Ron Vagas for producing and directing. Thank you very much, Ronnie. And also support the artists, the entrepreneurs, the spiritual leaders, the organizations around the world that you believe in. Support them, support simulation. Our links are below. PayPal, Patreon, cryptocurrency, design cool merch and get paid. Help support us. And go and build the future, everyone. Manifest those dreams into the world. We love you very much. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Peace. Give me...